Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Earlier this month, Greece was hit by a brutal heat wave. Greece is suffering its worst heat wave in three decades, with temperatures set to reach 45 degrees Celsius. That's over 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, significant portions of the country are burning, literally. There were thousands of people that had to flee their homes, like 20 kilometers from from the center of Athens, which sounds crazy. It's basically in the city. That's Nectaria Stimuli, a journalist based in Athens covering Greece's devastating wildfires for Politico Europe. So it's very obvious that the properties, the lives, everything is in danger from one day to another. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... Nectaria Stimuli on how a country still reeling from economic crisis and previous disasters couldn't have been hit by wildfires at a worse time. On the Greek island of Evia, a dystopian sea. Tourists and residents rescued by boat from the beaches as wildfires rage out of control. Greece is battling wildfires for the last uh, several weeks. It all started in August after an extended heat wave. Uh, there were wildfires that uh, were basically raging through uh, Attica, close to the center of Athens. Greece's prime minister says the country is experiencing what he calls a nightmarish summer as a record-breaking heat wave fans dozens of wildfires. In Evia, Greece's second largest island, uh, they were burning for like 10 days and they basically burned down one third of the island. Wow. The catastrophe is enormous. And at the moment, there is another wildfire like 60 kilometers away from Athens. And it's uh, it's in an area that has uh, suffered from wildfires also earlier this month. And there is another fire in, in Evia that started today. Mm. There are strong winds in the area and the situation is really tough. Uh, in total, during the last weeks, more than 1.2 million square meters of land have been burned. Thousands of animals have died. Hundreds of houses and properties have been destroyed. Wow. So this is just massive. And it sort of sounds like it, it's all over the place in a way. Um you're in Athens. You live in Greece. I know you can't speak for an entire country by any means, but what is the mood there, like the way people are feeling with all this going on? Locals in the areas that have been affected are basically filled with anger and uh, they are in shock because the, the catastrophe is enormous. They can't uh, realize still what has happened. <laughs> It basically changed their lives. Some have lost, uh, basically they lost the forest. Many of them, especially in Avia, were living from the forest. Now there is no forest. They have to to reorganize their lives from scratch. There are businesses that have been destroyed. There are houses that have been burned. There is a lot of anger and despair about what happened. Uh, and there is a lot of criticism about uh, whether the fires should have been contained very easily and why the situation turned down this way. Hmm. What is that criticism? Like, what makes people say that that this could have turned out different? 
Well, the government is facing criticism over the way it managed the fires. They're accused that the situation went out of control uh, really fast at the moment when the winds weren't uh, strong enough to explain the extent of the fires. Hmm. The other criticism is that uh, uh, locals are complaining about lack of resources to tackle the places. Uh, they describe lack of organization and planning when it comes to firefighters. Uh, and they accuse the government of uh, focusing exclusively almost on evacuations, which of course saved lives, but they basically left the houses and properties of the people uh, unprotected because there were no firefighters there. So people left their houses and then found them burned down. Hmm. And the main criticism from experts looking at the broader perspective is that, uh, again, little was done in the months before the summer in terms of prevention which at the end of the day is the most important in order to tackle the wildfires and what's happening. So you're talking about frustration with the government, and you have a new story for Politico Europe looking at how these fires are already coming at a point of of major frustration for people living in Greece, how they're essentially hitting at at like the worst moment imaginable for the country with them already dealing with several other crises. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, Greece, uh, we all know Greece has been in the headlines for years about the, the decades-long financial crisis. Overseas now to Greece, a country on the brink of collapse. Banks shuttered, ATMs running out of cash, and now... Uh, in Greeks have not bounced back from this terrible financial crisis and 10 years of austerity. And then the pandemic struck. The rapid increase in new COVID-19 cases in Greece is putting medical professionals under intense pressure. Uh, the pandemic hit Greece particularly hard because it is a tourism-dependent country. And there was no tourism, basically, or very little. So the economy uh, has suffered a huge blow again hmm. at the moment when it was starting to recover. On top of that, uh, Greek authorities are now on alert at the borders and on the Greek islands because they fear that the new wave of migration could arrive soon from Afghanistan. So we see several crises happening at the same time. You mentioned the tourism element here, and it sort of reminded me of California, where I covered wildfires for a few years, because it's similarly a beautiful place, a place people come to for its natural beauty. But then you have fires hitting these beautiful places, at times making them seem to be unlivable. In California, it's made people reconsider where they're living. Are you seeing anything similar in Greece? Exactly. There is this sentiment and the way they describe it to me, the locals and the local authorities, they say that people every day gather and they try to consider what their future will be. How will they be able to stay? They want to stay. The people want to stay in, the, in their villages. Uh, basically, Greece has very few, few people living in the villages and it's very important for, for the country to keep them there. So people are trying to find solutions. They The, the locals are in contact with the government authorities about uh, finding ways to employ the locals in order to do the reforestation and uh, all the job that needs to be done in the forest the next day. Uh, so this is a very big bet f- for the next day of these areas. These fires come just weeks after the UN released a major new climate report warning that extreme weather and disasters like this will probably worsen in the coming decades. How are you personally, and Greece more broadly, how are you thinking about what's ahead and bracing for potentially more of this? Well, 
it's it's and thinking about the future it's very tough because basically we see what is unprecedented environmental uh, incidents like a heat wave that lasts for 10 days that's what happened here in Greece and led to the the wildfires or the wildfires followed but we see these unprecedented events happening more and more often so it's very obvious that uh, the lives of the locals in Greece and everywhere will be affected it will be much more difficult. Uh, tourism will be affected. I mean, the Athens, where basically oh, half of the population in Greece is living, in the summer it has become unbearable because of the heat wave. So more solutions need to be found mm. in order for people to make their, the lives of the people viable. Uh, also, in terms of uh, fire prevention and uh, these disasters prevention, there are a lot of things that should be done and should have been done uh, decades ago. In Greece, it's not a discussion that has just started. There were wildfires uh, uh, that have taken place in 2007, in 2018, that killed basically hundreds of people. Uh, there were several reports from experts. One was uh, issued in 2018, uh, and it was basically ignored. It was adopted by all the parties back then, but nothing happened then. Nectaria Stimuli, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you very much. Also today, President Biden is pressing businesses and public leaders to implement vaccine mandates after the federal government issued its first full approval of a COVID vaccine. Early yesterday, the FDA officially approved Pfizer's two-dose shots for people 16 and older, a step beyond the emergency use authorization under which the shot has been available since late 2020. Speaking at the White House, Biden said, quote, If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you now to do that. Require it. But the president's push comes amid stiff resistance to mask and vaccine mandates by some Republican governors and lawmakers who say they're unnecessary. And... The Capitol Police is clearing the officer who fatally shot Ashley Babbitt during the January 6th insurrection of wrongdoing. On Monday, the department announced that an internal investigation found the officer's conduct lawful and would not result in discipline. Babbitt's shooting death has become a rallying cry for some conservatives who have downplayed or promoted misleading portrayals of the Capitol attack, including former President Trump. Babbitt had been part of a mob trying to break into the speaker's lobby outside the House chamber when she was fatally shot by an officer. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.